0: Hi, everybody. This is Alex Mo here for Wisp Business, the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hosung Shin. He's the president of Hook and Fade. Hosung, thanks so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. So, just to get us started, why don't you tell me a bit about the company?
1: Well, Hook and Fade is a um, consumer entertainment company focused on the uh, golf simulator business. Um, you know, golf simulator has been around for almost 20 years now. Um, but I believe in the past five to 10 years, it has really accelerated to give the um, you know, players more of a, a realistic and also um, unbelievable immersive experience. So um, I, I think the public, especially, you know, folks in America don't, uh, know a lot about that yet and thought that, you know, if we can adopt this in the right setting, it would be really um, you know fascinating growth story. Yeah, and Wisconsin
0: does seem like a, a good setting for that given our um, weather related uh, limits on
1: outdoor golfing here. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think you know if you look at the industry, even though it's pretty uh, nascent, um, you know, all our competitors, uh, big and small, are totally focused on upper Midwest. And that that's part of the big reason. The fact that you know we have a eight to nine months of not so great weather, really plays into uh, a fact of doing the best amount of business for these type of, uh, in, uh, you know, industry. Yeah, that
0: makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, what brought you to this business? Can you talk about your your background a little bit and your journey to get to this point?
1: Yeah, you know, I spent about 20 years in corporate America. Um, you know, companies like Pepsi, GlaxoSmithKline, uh, a couple startups, one actually got bought by Google. Um, And what I realized was that, you know, I I really need to start something on my own. And I always had this kind of feeling in the back of my mind, but, you know, it took the pandemic and some personal circumstances uh, to kind of bring that to a forefront. Um, Specifically, my dad passed away last year. And um, and I was writing his eulogy and I'm thinking about what I was writing. And in a way it was telling myself, you know, there's not much time left in, in our lives. You know, um, you think you have forever, but you don't. So if you are so set on doing something, you know, just saying that I'll do it next year, I'll do it, you know, you know, five years from now, it's just not good enough, you know. Um, you may never get the opportunity to actually tell something that you're truly passionate about. So, you know, after the uh, funeral, I kind of, you know, got into deep tank thinking mode and within a month, you know, I approached uh, uh, a mentor and also a friend to talk about the business because, mind you, this was, um, you know, there were no vaccines. So people are still in the, you know, kind of lockdown mode. Um, and the idea of starting a uh, a lounge with uh, a very advanced golf simulators where, you know, to do well, you have to draw in a lot of people. Kind of sound, sounded crazy at the time. And... Um, You know, once we realized logically, we thought we kind of thought it through and said, well, the pandemic is going to end at some point. Uh, When do you start a business like this? Well, what's the lead time? And, you know, because we have such crazy supply chain, for example, our simulator came from South Korea and we had to think through, you know, how long will it take to get these sims to Madison, Wisconsin? Um, as well as how do you do the build-out, you know? Um, so it's like, well, this is the right time to start because by the time we finish it, <laughs> it may take six months to a year, you know? Um, what's, what's pretty crazy is uh, we, we finished in about four and a half months. So we started in July of last year and we are open a week before Thanksgiving. So just kind of a, a power of having the right people on your team, the partners, um, financing, right? Landlord, I mean, all of that kind of play play into being able to execute like that, and we did.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, that's excellent. I was gonna ask you about any, um, you know, pandemic related challenges with the timing of opening that business. And have you kind of seen a, uh, you know, uptick in, um, in interest in, in customers
1: in the months since you've, you've opened in Madison? Yeah, you know, what, what's interesting, even though we are Madison-based and we always wanna be Wisconsin-based company, um, just throughout my life, I collected different people, that I either call friends or colleagues. So when, when I started this company, I reached out to a lot of them. So we have a um, we have an executive team that is, you know, a head of product, for example, uh, she's in um, Ireland, and uh, our head of marketing is in Los Angeles. Uh, my CFO is in D.C. So we have a quite a distributed team for. Uh, What looks to be a very simple uh, retail bar lounge business, Um, well, that's because, you know, we're thinking much bigger than what is looking right now.
0: Well, that's exciting. I'm really curious to hear about kind of your forward looking plans here. So first off, you obviously the first location opened up here in Madison, and um, I'd like to ask you about your, your plans for the future. But first off, why choose Madison to start with?
1: Well, you know, all the things that people already kind of know or sense, you know, highly educated, highly mobile, um, highly, um, you know, uh, ex- you know, a lot of people in Madison love to do uh, sports and also explore different new interests. Um, you know, it kind of requires that kind of environment for you to kind of um, throw in a pretty, uh, you know, forward-looking uh, business model. So um, on top of that, you know, we're talking about economics, you know, discretionary income, um, kind of growth of um, the the city. I mean, one one stat that I saw was Madison was one of the like top three uh, cities that had positive um, IT uh, employee growth during pandemic. So you know, even during pandemic, you know, this this city was drawing in people, and people are like you know, dying to come to Madison. Um, so there, all the ingredients were there to have a business like this. I'm also kind of looking further down, you know, like I mentioned, you know, we're looking a lot farther than, you know, just these uh, lounges. Um, We were looking to uh, retain software talents and hardware engineering talents. And guess what? We have one of the best universities in the world right here in UW Madison. So, and you know, economics of that is not as bad as operating somewhere like you know Silicon Valley or New York City or Boston. So um, all of those things combine. You know, it's just because I love Madison myself, but you know, on paper, you know, there are all these factors that makes it a very attractive place to start a company. Sure thing. Yeah, I totally
0: agree. And curious about um, you know the forward outlook. You are are you looking to? Expand it elsewhere in the state. I'm just curious. You know, what do the next several years look like for you and the company?
1: Well, I tell you, before um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I actually ended up having <laughs> two brain tumors through uh, last last year building this company. Um, so it did a quite a number on my business plan because by now I'm supposed to have my third location open. So <laughs> think about uh, how aggressive that plan was. Um, you know, initially in three years, we're thinking 50 to 100 locations, you know, all throughout uh, upper Midwest and beyond. Wow. Um, now that we kind of started this business, uh, it's kind of giving us a better insight into what will what work and what type of operating model would work. I still don't like the idea of doing a franchise model because, um, you know, I kind of think of it like Apple stores, right? Um, Apple doesn't franchise Apple store <laughs> because they want to make sure that the quality of experience is uh, high and also they want to um, control their distribution uh, endpoint uh, rather than trusting a uh, franchisee to do that. So when I look at the next couple of years, yeah, we definitely want to um, have a dominating presence in Wisconsin. Um, but having said that, to not expand outside of Wisconsin would be, uh, you know, leaving the money on the table, as they say. Um, so, you know, we're looking at mid to large city, uh, upper midwestern cities, um, where there might be already competition, but competition is good. You know, and it's one thing that I've heard, you know, if there's no competition, there's no market, you know, so, um, I'm, I'm actually welcoming of competition because I believe we have the right branding and, uh, um, formula to, you know, be the best in which, whichever uh, market we decide to enter. So, um, yeah next two to three years you know my my goal is to get about 10 locations uh, rolled out by 2025 um, which is a lot more conservative than my first um, you know business plan call for but at the same time I think uh, it's, it opened up some new avenues of of um, strategy that I haven't probably thought of before <laughs> great
0: well that all sounds really exciting and I wish you the best of luck with you know those future plans sounds like you've got a uh... Good strategy set and uh wish you the best of luck.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Alex.
0: You've been listening to Wisp Business the podcast. Now stay tuned for word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Ben Miller from University Relations here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and we're a proud sponsor of WISPolitics and WISBusiness Podcast. Did you know that almost 80% of UW-Madison's in-state students return to live and work in Wisconsin in the years after graduation? And almost half of all UW-Madison alumni are current Wisconsin residents. That's just one way we're driving our economy forward. UW-Madison is working for Wisconsin.